When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui. Well, we went back, all the way back, to the movie theater for this week's episode, which sadly is now a big deal in our world. I know. I can't believe it. I hadn't been back, um, I guess, since pre-pandemic, so I definitely did not think I'd be returning for a Marvel movie. But yeah, we saw The Eternals together, date night. How did it feel? How did it feel to be back for you? This was the second movie I saw back in the theaters, and actually both of them were Marvel movies. Say what you will about that. Well, um, felt like two hours and 37 minutes, but at least you shared your candy with me. That's not true. I did enjoy a lot of it. I didn't I enjoy most of it. Well, before we get into how we felt about Eternals and how our feelings don't seem to be matched by the critical public of America. What is your not over it for the week? I think my not over it for this week is probably a lot of people's not over it is that that picture of Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian riding a roller coaster together and holding hands is haunting me. I'm not upset about it. Wait, is it is it haunting you because they were at not scary farm (laughs) on Halloween weekend? Is that why it's haunting it? I just what is it? What is it about Pete Davidson? It's just like, I can't get over the fact that he has gotten Kim Kardashian. I don't think he has. I don't think he's gotten Kim Kardashian. I I mean, he's spending time with her. They went to some fancy restaurant in Staten Island, which in itself sounds insane, saying a fancy restaurant in Staten Island. Wow. (laughs) But, I mean, Staten Island will be fine. But I actually, this is one of the rare cases where you know, the sources saying they're just friends and they run in the same circles actually makes sense to me. His Do best they? friend is Machine Gun Kelly and Machine Gun Kelly is dating Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's best friend is Travis Barker and Travis Barker is engaged to Kourtney Kardashian and that's the trail. Ugh, okay, Kevin Bacon. I just like don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just, to me, it's still insane to me that his, his Pete Davidson's dating trajectory in itself I just find to be so fascinating and also makes me feel like I'm having an aneurysm every time someone new is announced, where how do you even get from here to here? They were holding hands. It looks weird. I don't imagine they're like super close friends, but maybe this is the start of a beautiful new friendship. I find that like really hard to believe. But if you just think about if point A is Ariana Grande and point B is Kim Kardashian, like that seems kind of close to me. But the common denominator is Pete Davidson. <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, once you've gotten Ariana Grande, you're sort of like I just don't know certified what it is. something. I mean, I-, I saw some article on the cut that was like, "Would you travel to Staten Island for Pete Davidson?" And I was like, I mean, maybe, <laughs> like, probably because I live in New York, doesn't seem that far. But would I leave my mansion in like Calabasas to come have like dinner with him in Staten Island? She has a private jet. N- Still, no. He went all the way to Not Scary Farm. That's in California. Him going anywhere she goes is better for him. I'll go She <laughs> No. Anyways, <laughs> everybody knows the real Kim Kardashian of Staten Island is Angelina from Jersey Shore. <laughs> Becky, well, speak, speaking of millionaires, speaking of millionaires. Oh, no. My not over it is the late breaking news that Joe Millionaire 
what I consider to be a timeless reality dating show from the early 2000s is coming back after 19 years. That's it. First, that's insane. And two, I hate you for manifesting this. <laughs> you well, made I this did, happen. I did really love Joe Millionaire because I love a dating reality show where someone's being gaslit. And the whole premise of the original Joe Millionaire is that these women thought they were competing for a man who had inherited tens of millions of dollars, but it turned out he was just a contractor. I like no. it's so messed up and it's I can't so even fucked. talk about it without laughing because it's so funny. And they were never able to recreate it because once word got out the first time, like I No, you can have multiple they, seasons they of that. They tried show. to have a whole cast of women like from Europe thinking that like they had never heard about it in Europe or something, but like it didn't work out. But now after all these years, they are bringing it back. It's coming back in January. It's called Joe Millionaire for Richer or Poorer. No, and this no. time for poorer. They have, it's, all, it's for poorer. They have two contestants and one's rich and one's not. No. And they don't know which one is what. Oh, my God. That's so fucked. The whole premise of this is like really the perfect depiction of our society, which is like so horrific and sad also. But this is like, all we do is gaslight each other. All we do is lie to one another. The deceit. No, we enjoy, show. we get entertainment from other people's um, confusion Misery. or sadness, I guess. But also, I mean, that still means base level, all the contestants are like some level of gold digger because they were enticed by No, but all that's all this, any of this, all these da- dating like reality shows is that even if the person that they're not reaching out to date isn't rich like they are banking on spawn they can't wait to sell quay sunglasses on instagram they're ready for a fab fit fun partner like that's the end goal is i'm gonna make money from instagram on here so it, maybe it's not gold digger in the natural sense oh, in this show obviously it is but i feel like all reality shows right isn't that everyone's just both, on there to be gross but do you think both men end up with someone or just the millionaire or like only one, like you don't too often see that where it's like a lot of a lot of women and only and two men. It's usually it, like an equal amount of both or one and a million. Yes, <laughs> the discrepancies are. I don't know. I feel like I think they'll both end up with someone. I think the one that ends up with the poor guy is going to be disappointed she fucked up. But you know, no. But love is blind. No, it's another not. show. When's that it's, show coming back? It's not. I don't. Will they just had the reunion? Love is Love is Blind Brazil. I think is back, or maybe we just have screamers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I can't say I caught the first season of Love is Blind Blind Brazil, but um, well, it is a season I know you haven't watched. So in case you need Love is Blind in your life, it's there. I for don't. You. I don't. I don't. Do not. All right. All right. Are you ready? Let's yes. get it. Let's get into the meat of this episode. Today we are talking about Marvel's Eternals. This is Marvel's latest movie. They are coming fast and furious now. Um, but this was much anticipated because of the ridiculously star-studded cast, not to mention the promise of bringing more diversity and representation to the MCU, which it has taken them forever to really get with the times. This is like the 23rd Marvel movie, and only now are we starting to see them really be inclusive. So before the movie, right in time, right in time, right in time. Yes, they're so ahead of the game. But before the movie even premiered last week, early reviews of the film were mixed and the headlines quickly became focused on it being the quote unquote worst reviewed Marvel movie, which is already more dramatic than what's actually happening. It just means that 
in the Rotten Tomato meter, things are mixed up instead of being all glowing. But um, you and I, as we said, it's on early screener, so we're going to break down whether or not it's getting an unfair rep. And there will be some light spoilers in this, so if you're a purist and you haven't seen the movie yet, um, you might want to wait to listen to this, but it's going to be nothing major. So, Z, uh, do you want to start with a quick summary of what this movie is about for the yeah. uninitiated? It is, um, it's about a group of immortals who were sent to Earth from a planet that is called Olympia. <laughs> Thousands of, of years. Of course. All normal things. Thousands of years ago um to fight a certain group of monsters called deviants which look absolutely terrifying wait can um, i just interject and say that for the first hour of this movie i was confusing deviants with the variants which are yeah, a big part oh of the God. loki tv show and i was like loki's coming when are they going to show loki like why do all these deviants look like monsters when i was confusing them with variants which someone revoke my marvel card <laughs> but um yes Basically, a group of very ridiculously good-looking and very, very, very old, they're all like thousands of years old, who have superpowers. But now, before we start, we should also share a disclaimer that while you, Becky, speak a very fluent Marvel, I am not as well-versed. So we're coming at this from two different points of view. For example, you invited me you invited me to see Shang-Chi when you went a few weeks ago, and I politely declined. <laughs> For another example, when I was just talking about uh, variants on the Loki show. I'm pretty sure you had no idea what I was talking about. Well, I thought I heard variants too, but then I was like thinking Delta variant and like oh. <laughs> I brought it to the COVID place. <laughs> These Eternals are so old. They have reached current time and this is what wiped them out. Okay. So now that brings us to here where Eternals is now again, holds the title of worst re- reviewed Marvel movies. The previous Worst reviewed movies were The Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton one, which I don't really count that, but I guess it's technically part of the MCU. Wow, I forgot he did that. That movie's 100 years old. Um, That got a 67% on the tomato meter. And then Thor The Dark World, which I think up front is definitely worse than this movie, has a 66%. And when we're recording this, Eternals is around 53%. So that means it's a splat. So it's also the first one that's never been a certified fresh wow so to speak. i i don't think i watched thor dark world i'm just realizing that right now in real time <laughs> there I were dark thought. there were dark elves yeah Alec wow. portman was there yeah i totally skipped that one and it i've was been hard out here to follow and... it was much harder to follow than eternals i've been out here telling everyone i've seen all the thor movies and i've just been lying <laughs> oops okay so let's talk about some of the complaints that people have with this movie Well, one of the complaints that people have with this movie is a complaint that I actually most of the time relate to, especially when it comes to Marvel, is that I just there's too many characters in the Mm -hmm. Marvel verse that I have. And a lot of characters that I I personally don't care about. So maybe that's it. But in this movie, the whole point is that they're sort of introducing this whole new whatever, right? Like this whole new school of, of Marvel superheroes. So is too many characters like an issue in that sense where you're actually introducing a bunch of people at the same time? I, I don't know. I imagine some of these folks are going to get their own movies, whatever. And it's a long movie, but it's super packed with like, I guess the character people are mad that it's packed with so many characters. And I guess that it's not fully developed in in yes. the sense that you don't hear a lot about some of the characters backgrounds. There's a lot of like, 
it's jumping time, like jumping in time, and you're not really sure how a person got where, which it is. Like I did, I also was like, hmm, I'd like to know more. But then I'm like, well, this is the introduction. This is how it begins. And now they're going to make me watch 19 different movies to find out what the fuck Kingo has been up to. Right. Well, and I think the thing is, is that usually it goes in the opposite direction. So you don't get to Avengers until you've seen Captain America, yeah, that's Thor, true. Iron Man, all individually. And that might be part of the problem or the problem that people have with this is that there are a lot of characters in the group of aliens. And as you said, they're spanning so many time periods that right. it's just even though the movie's two hours and 37 minutes long, there's no way for them to really fully go there with every single character. And and I see that concern, but I also don't really feel like it's a huge problem. I mean, yeah, I feel like they I tell feel. you enough. And interestingly, I felt like with the supporting characters, they like do a really good job of identifying what their personality is and who they are. And we'll get into this later, but like some of the main characters, like mm, less so. But so <laughs> I saw a few times people saying like, it's too long, but also... There's 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 too much and also not enough. Yeah, I think actually interesting to, to your point where we had to be introduced to like Captain Marvel and Thor and Iron Man and whatever. And then we got to see the Avengers. I actually like that I'm getting everything up front and now I get to decide who I'm invested in. And now I'll decide whose stories I want to go see. Like right, I almost well, I like this. Know. Flip. I don't know if, if that's what's going to happen. Off. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I actually prefer this like. Give me the ending first and then let well, me decide. Well, I mean, it. and I think part of the reason why, I mean, I'm guessing, but like part of the reason why I feel that way is that like sometimes these origin stories feel formulaic. It's like, okay, this is who this person was. This is how they got their powers. Like it sort of just like feels like set up to the next thing, which is also one of the problems that people had with this movie. They felt like it followed like too much of this Marvel formula, which I understand that point, but I'm also... Like, what else are we expecting? Every Marvel movie follows that formula. Shang-Chi also followed that formula. Like, they they show you who they are. It's This is how they got there. This is their power. This is how they fit into the, the larger Marvel universe. And now we will fight for 35 minutes. Right. And then, like, the post-credits will show you what's going next. So I, yes, like, does this movie also follow pretty much the same formula? Yes. Did I find that to be frustrating no because this is the 23rd movie of these so i'm just (laughs) like okay this is the first this is the first one of these this is the first time i'm meeting all these people i don't really know how else they could have done it no but that's also another issue that people are having with this movie is that it's too focused on what's coming next which is also isn't that the point this is a setup this isn't like one and done of course this movie is going to be focused on what's happening next like they'll give you back i think it's to me, it sounds like people find it like not focused enough on giving background on maybe all of the Eternals or the Deviants, whatever the issue is. But to me, I didn't really want – I wanted more background on like an individual person, but I feel like isn't that what's going to follow, I imagine? Yes, yeah, so over time, <laughs> like, yes, all the characters Isn't like, that how movies work? I don't know. More developed. I don't see – how they could have i mean it was two hours and 37 minutes and the fact that you felt like you wanted more time with them in some ways could be argued that it's a good thing but right people also took issue with chloe Zhao's directing and i felt like i saw so many comparisons to nomadland just because that she's is confusing coming, to me i don't just because she's coming off of winning an oscar for nomadland we're now like feeling like we need to make jokes about it which i thought was ridiculous 
but also comparing Nomadland to a Marvel movie. Like, she is directing a Marvel film, but let's not pretend like she has some insane amount of, like, creative, like, you know, leisure with this. She's under the mach- the Marvel machine. There's very strict restrictions to, I'm sure, what she has and what she can do. That's how But Marvel also, just works. because she won an Oscar for Nomadland doesn't mean, like, Nomadland shows the, like, boundaries and like the full depth of what she's able to do as a director I just no but that's like, also just people like being mean to women like you're gonna compare the right. one movie that she's made like fuck off she's better than you at most things sit down at home <laughs> justice <laughs> well, for chloe's out don't come for chloe's out <laughs> okay well uh, while zarine cools down yes let's take a break and when we come back let's pivot to going more in depth into what what we actually liked about this movie regardless of what other people said All right. Well, we hinted a little bit about some of the ways that this movie breaks away from the MCU in terms of representation and um, some other things that were first times for Marvel. And I think it's safe to say that we both liked seeing a sex scene in a Marvel movie for the first time ever. It was, I was shocking. I was shocked at what was happening. I couldn't believe my eyes. And then I was like, are there children here? And then I was like, oh, no, wait, we're in a screening. No, it was. I never, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, this movie's already PG-13, so, like, it's not what you think. But no, Zareen was nudging me aggressively, whispering, (laughs) are they allowed to have sex in Marvel? Are they allowed to do this? Has this ever happened before? And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? No, that is surprising to me. And I don't. that doesn't count as representation or inclusion, but at least it is something different that we had never seen before. No, but also it's like okay to normalize. Like, yeah, people have sex. They're in love. Like, that's okay. I mean, these people have been alive for two million years. Yeah, someone's definitely having sex somewhere. (laughs) Wait, could they get pregnant? Yeah, and then they have like a big eternal baby. No, like, is it possible? They didn't. Oh, I don't know. They didn't reference. I mean, there's like a child. A who do I who, email? What's Chloe Zhao's email? I who doesn't ask. get older? So I assume they're unable to procreate. But it wasn't, you know, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of yeah. questions. Well, despite me nudging Becky, I'm still very pleasant to like go to the movies with. I don't do that like the entire time. <laughs> no, you didn't do that. But you know when else you did do that when there is a scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where one of the Eternals is gay and has a partner who is the same sex as the Eternal. I'm trying not to spoil too much. And there's a scene where there's two men kissing, which sadly felt extremely progressive for a Marvel movie. And Zareen also nudged me during that scene and (laughs) said, wow, good for Marvel. And then we were both like, is it though? Come on now. It was like a moment of like, wow, this is so nice. I love to see this. This is great. And then I was like, Marvel's so gross. This this has taken 23 movies to happen. It It also was pretty far into the movie, so far into the movie that I had seen headlines about the... um, you know, racial diversity, but also uh, LGBTQ representation. And it was so far into the movie that I was like, did I misread that there was going to be queer representation in this movie? Because so far it hasn't happened. My favorite thing about the introduction of the LGBTQ characters are just finally them acknowledging that gay people exist in the world. Um, And a Marvel movie was that I'm glad it was done in a not in such like an in your face way because I was nervous for Marvel to take it on and do something that was going to be problematic or just like really stereotypical. And it was nice that they did it in a way where it's very much realistic to real life. Yeah, I was actually worried about the opposite 
I thought it was going to be like in all those Disney movies where they keep saying there's like a big gay moment and then like nothing happens or it's like some sort like extra two extras in the background are holding hands or something like equally <laughs> yeah, oh God, ridiculous and they're like bragging about it beforehand or you know no, how yeah. like Pixar was like don't call Luca it's not a, a movie about homosexual love it's just friendship oh, I'm like well just hope, leave it open to interpretation at least yes I agree um one thing that I was very excited about was to as a Bollywood fan myself not that Kumail Nanjiani is from Bollywood he is actually a Pakistani actor, um, but it's it was really exciting to see Brown Face on such a big Marvel movie and the culture and everything just really in your face. It, it for me as you know a Pakistani American, it was I just I, there was a certain point where I was like, wow, I can't believe these two brown guys are just like in this huge Marvel movie and on screen for more than like twenty minutes and aren't like a sideshow Bob character and mm-hmm. like. It, it's sad that it, it gets me this excited where I'm like, we have had to wait so long just to get to realter the what a leading man means. So I love that. I love seeing Kumail Ninjani in it. And I think he was one of my favorite characters. I loved him. His comedic timing is great. He's such a talented actor. And I'm very excited for his character in general. And I it was just really fun to see. Yeah, he was easily the best part of the movie. It was funny to me that I kept thinking about what a viral moment it was when he shared those photos of himself shirtless. And I felt like he wasn't even shirtless in this movie. Like you could see that he wanted to be jacked up. But I was like, no, yeah, for all that. work, I know he was pretty much covered up the whole time, which I was also expecting like some like big reveal of like, look at my body. I'm getting into my eternal suit or like something to happen. But yeah, no, none of that was really happening. Also, we didn't see Richard Madden shirtless, which now I'm I'm gonna I write a letter. We did. I thought we did. Oh, when he was having sex, I guess we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write a letter. We digress. Um, we digress. But yeah, I the Bollywood situation was definitely played to laugh, so it was a little more in your face. But they also had. A deaf character, which is new for the MCU. She does not speak. She uh, only speaks during with sign language. And they had multiple Asian characters, which also, I mean, on Shang-Chi, they had tons of Asian characters, obviously. Right. But um, sadly, this all feels like a big step up versus, you know, when you look at when you look at the Avengers, it's really only Nick Fury that stands. I mean, there's barely even any women I know. Well, that's the other thing is like, I think comparatively it's, it sucks that it's getting such bad reviews, but I also, there's such an excitement there for me as someone that's not that big of a Marvel fan. This is like the first Marvel movie, just looking at the posters and seeing the trailers to see Selma Hayek and like Angelina Jolie. And like, it's nice to see actually like, not like a 22 year old girl that's like just all like leading, you know, as like, it's, yeah. I appreciate that Selma Hayek is in it. I appreciate that Angelina Jolie is in the lead because in Hollywood there is, it's like, you know, ageist and you don't see a ton of that. So not that I have anything against 22 year old women, but it is nice to see them kind of really breaking away from the norm in many ways to do their best after 23 freaking movies. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I thought it was nice. I love Selma Hayek. She's so pretty. Um, and we talked a little bit about uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character, but I also, 
really appreciated the supporting characters in this movie, almost to the point where one of my biggest gripes about the movie is that the main characters are Richard Madden as Icarus and Gemma Chan as Cersei. They're very pretty. I enjoy both of them, but their characters on the whole were amongst the least boring and amongst the most boring, and they have the most screen time. So it almost works to the detriment that the supporting players, even Kit Harrington, who plays Cersei's more, you know, regular Joe boyfriend. He's not part of the Eternals. He's in the real world. Um, uh, Brian Terry Henry as Paper Boy, Paper Boy. I know. I did <laughs> the whole time I was thinking about the Paper Boy song from Atlanta. Paper Boy, Paper Boy. Always about that Paper Boy. If you ain't on your brand, then you flexing you But he was great as fast he as he was amazing. Yeah. Lauren Ridloff as Makari, who is the deaf character we were talking about. These are all, they don't get as much screen time, but they're equally important parts of the Eternals universe. And as you were saying before, I'd like to see more of them. And I think they were more entertaining than Kid Harry, uh, not Kid Harry, Richard Madden and Gemma Chan's characters. And here I am confusing Richard Madden and Kit Harrington oh, how- for one obvious reason. That whole thing. So Gemma Chan's character's name in this movie is also Cersei. Yeah, just If it's It's, not, if just to confuse those who have watched Game of Thrones even more, I feel like Marvel did that on purpose to like fuck with everybody. Um, But it was very confusing to hear um, Jon Snow and the wolf himself continuously be like, Cersei, I love you. And I was like, (laughs) did you just... Did you just refer to Rob Stark as the wolf himself? Yes, he is. He is the wolf. <laughs> the young the young wolf. They're both they were both the king in the north. They were. They were both the king in the north. Rip John Stark. It was I mean Kate Harrington gets limited screen time in this, but he was he, so different than he's, he's ever He's very been. enjoyable um yeah. in this movie and it's like fun to see him a little less serious. Richard Madden not that different from Rob Stark at the end of the day. I actually think Rob Stark he, has a little bit more personality than Icarus. He's just so but- pretty that like I think I the only thing I which is like rude to say. The only thing that I really found Richard Madden compelling in was the bodyguard. Outside of that, everything he's played could be pretty like interchangeable. It feels what? You, there's nothing you love more than Richard Madden's role in the Netflix movie Ibiza. Oh my god, I love him as a DJ. <laughs> Not sure I believe you, Mr. Slutty International DJ. Oh, really? You, you slut shaming me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit I am. You've brought this up to me like no less than nine times I in life. I can't Ugh, believe I love that Ibiza. I had to remind you of that. That movie just puts me in a good mood. It's so dumb. I love it. I want to go to Ibiza. And he's a DJ. Oh, he's great. He's great as a DJ in Ibiza. Bodyguard in Ibiza. <laughs> he is very good in, in in Game of Thrones. I did really like him in that role, especially when he has Jamie Lannister captured. Wow, okay. the good old days. Um, we're, sw- we're swimming away from we're, the boat, We're going but, too far. Um... But <laughs> I agree with you that I found Gemma Chan and Richard Madden's characters to be the sleepiest. Right. I'm just like, you've been alive for literally forever and it's supposed to be sort of this like complex love story between the two of them but i <laughs> also they've I been alive forever of... and they kept only going back to like weird time periods where i'm like why are we back in mesopotamia go somewhere else right like, what I don't were want... you doing in 1922 <laughs> yeah how did you handle the pandemic in the 20s i want to know where you were yeah there were a lot of things that they just kind of they just kind of glossed over but um I will say, even if the movie on the whole felt 
I will say it's a little underwhelming if you come in with big expectations. Like, I liked it, but I wasn't like, wow, I am blown away by this movie. But I don't think it's as bad as people are saying. But even though people are mad that it feels like a precursor to the next phase of whatever this is, I was personally very excited about what's to come based on how the movie ends and what was teased in the two end credit sequences, which like Marvel is very famous for these. You got to wait till the very end of the credits to see what's coming next. And sometimes those credit sequences don't give you too much. And sometimes they do. And I felt they really delivered in this movie. Like that's, does that justify the whole movie? Like maybe not, but it does. It was enough to make me want to see more of where this is going. Well, it was a good way that I will say the, the post credit scenes were definitely locked me in. So there's that, but why don't we take a quick break and we get back? Becky and I will give our final thoughts if this movie is worth seeing. Okay, Zarin. So bottom line, is this movie worth seeing? I know you recently watched the first 25 minutes of Dune. You're still thinking about it. Is it as good as the first 25 minutes of Dune? What do you think? I have to say, I think it's better than the first 25 minutes of Dune. Um, (laughs) Can you just finish Dune? I will. Will I'm going to finish Dune. 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 (laughs) When you do, we have to talk about that again. I can't get over you only watching 25 minutes of Dune. (laughs) This is like my friend told me the other day that she watched A Quiet Place all the way until the part where she gives birth in the bathtub and then turned the movie off and went to sleep. Just saying. Oh, my God. People do crazy things. First of all, I could never fall asleep after a quiet. That's like a. That movie gives you so much anxiety off the bat. I would not be able to be like, mm, I'm done now. I'm going to go to bed. There's not no Michelle. Way. That's chaotic energy, Michelle. Um, anyway. I I think this movie is worth seeing, but I do I think it's the best movie I've ever seen ever? No. <laughs> like, do I feel like you need to drop everything and go to the theater and watch this movie before you do anything else? No, but I think it's an exciting film. I think it's a new introduction to Marvel a different universe in Marvel. I appreciate that it's a diverse cast and an intro to people that aren't all white. And as a person of color, it's important for me that this continues. So yeah, my financial, my final answer is that you should go and support this because you've definitely watched a lot of mediocre movies with a lot of white people. <laughs> Why not watch some mediocre movies with a bunch of brown people? <laughs> well, I would also say if you were already interested in seeing this movie, which I was, that I believe you will still enjoy it, but maybe you should manage your expectations. I don't think it's going to change your life or blow your hair back, Um, but well, it'll blow your hair back a little bit, but I think you should, you know, expect to see a Marvel movie and expect to have a good time. And it's very long, but I will say it didn't feel very long to me. And that is like one of the most glowing things I can say about a movie that's two hours and 40 minutes, because I, even movies that I love that are long, I'm like, this movie felt very long to me. So it, it moves along. I think it's entertaining. I don't think it is deserving of all the backlash and like negative headlines. Certainly not deserving of like worst Marvel movie. Like you see a headline like that and you're like, oh, this movie's terrible. Right. Well, and that also feels a little bit racist, too. It's like, well, I also feel like as far as superhero movies go, like the worst Marvel movie is still like one million times better than Batman versus Superman or any of those DC <laughs> movies, which I understand is like not that those movies are all getting great reviews, but you know what I mean? Like this like is Fantastic so, Four. Like this is worse than Fantastic Four. Get out of here. I think people are expecting too much of it. I think they're a little hard on it. And I think it's worth seeing. If you weren't interested in it before, I don't know that 
you should see it against your will. Probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, it's overblown. It's too much. I agree. It's too much and it's overblown and this movie is worth seeing. And now we have arrived at the burning question. Zarina, are you ready? Don't congratulate me. Why not? I don't want to be congratulated by you anymore. Okay, Zarina. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have been tasked with... No, see, now this is harder. Okay, I don't fine, congratulate, fine, congratulate. I don't have to congratulate you. I won't congratulate anything. Okay, here you go, Zarina. Now that you've seen Eternals, if you could pair up one of the characters from Eternals from one of the characters we've been introduced to in previous Marvel movies, you know, an Avenger, maybe a guardian of the galaxy, which two characters would you choose to team up? Would it be Bucky? Would it be Gamora? I really love Anthony Mackie. Would you like to see Thanos return? No, that's a bad thing. Wow. You know that. Good for I you. do. <laughs> Him and all his fucking rings. Get out of here. Well, that's Shang-Chi. Oh. He didn't have rings. He had those. Thanos has those, like, doesn't he have, oh, it's stones. It's not rings. No, he has the (laughs) Infinity Gauntlet. It's like a big glove. Oh, God. Okay. With all his rings. You just thought he was wearing, like, brass knuckles. Yeah. Oh. So easy. Because one of those answers is Anthony Mackie, and the other is Kumail Nanjiani. Those two in a movie together would be a dream. you don't know what character Anthony Mackie plays? The Falcon? Yes. yes. No. Yes. Good for you. Oh, okay. You. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the spirit of re revisiting some Bollywood stuff, uh, why don't we play a Bollywood song to close us out today? DJ, play Cargay Chill. Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments you're not over by emailing us at notoverit at popsugar.com. Thanks for listening. 